Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor David. The Reaching In Podcast is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News, which focuses on your spiritual growth with an emphasis on sincere devotion, lifelong discipleship, and authentic discussion. Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Great to have you with us in this part four of the All About Jesus series. All about him. Pastor David is just excited. We are both excited because we got our box yesterday and I opened it up, but we haven't done day one's activity yet. So he can't wait to get into it. So that's why you made your little flub. I get it. I understand. My heart is in a box, a box (laughs) waiting for me of fun activities. So again, if you haven't received your box and you're in the local Newport News, Virginia area, and you would like a Christmas box filled with uh, crafts and a devotional that was made specifically for this week, please uh, come on over during our church office hours. Just let us know that you're here to pick up an activity box. It's one per household and have at it. Cookies will be made, crafts will be created, joy will be had. It's going to be a great time, folks. So we, as soon as we finish this episode, we're going right into the box. Yes. Can't wait. So today is part four of our All About Jesus series, and we are going to be talking about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. And I found some quotes about peace that I wanted to read to you get your idea or your thoughts, I should say, sure. on on them. So here's the first one. It says, peace is the result of re- retraining your mind to process life as it is rather than as you think it should be. And that's by Wayne Dyer. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It's interesting. That's interesting. I, hmm. I don't really have much to add to that. Yeah, these people, I don't, This I got these quotes from Pinterest, so I'm not oh. saying that these are Christians all saying We are it. not sponsored by Pinterest. No. Um, just wanted to give people an idea of where it's coming from. Here's the next one. It says, worrying about how things might go wrong doesn't help things go right. Okay, that's more about worry. That's Karen Salmonson. Okay. Okay, but yes, if you're worrying, you aren't at peace. Mm-hmm. There's something troubling your spirit. Sure. If you're worrying. So you have nothing else to say to that? I mean, I, I suppose the, what comes to mind is a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so when we're worried, when we're worried, we're not at peace because our we're constantly going to and fro. We're looking away from Jesus to the winds, to the waves, to something else and something that changes. And we know that our God is the same yesterday and today and forever. So instead of having peace, our our well-being fluctuates with the thing, whatever we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. I thought about how Jesus said it doesn't worrying doesn't add any cubits to your stature. stature. You know, it doesn't add anything to you. It doesn't so change a thing. Yeah. So saying that it doesn't help things go right is is biblically true as well. It, it's not gonna help you. Yeah. Here's the next one. This is by John Lennon. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Ah, it's cute. But if you think about it, now he was not a Christian by any means. Right. I, I would I would say, mm-hmm. just I was a huge Beatles fan when I was a child, so I knew some things about him. And he was into Eastern mysticism type of things, Hinduism, I believe, mm-hmm. as well. So no, he was not a Christian. But I think as believers, we could probably say this: 
Because in the end, we know what will happen and we know that Jesus will return and he mm-hmm. will govern the earth. And so that is our end. Uh, that's our future. So I would say as a Christian, I can agree with that statement. Now, him, I don't know what he meant by it. And also where you're basing that, that is a nice, cute, trite saying. Um, it, it seems like that would be the mantra of the eternal optimist. But we have a reason for optimism, and it's not because we just feel good or we're going to overcome the toxicity of the world. We base our optimism, if I could use that word, we base our hope more precisely on Jesus and the fact that he's proven his word to be true and he faced our greatest enemy and defeated it. And so when we say things are going to work out, it's because we've already seen our champion go into where it was darkest and come out shining bright. So, yeah, here's the last one. Now, this is. Uh, Christian teacher and author Priscilla Shire. She says, anywhere peace is lacking, you can be sure the enemy is at work. Mm. Mm. He says that he would keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed upon him or rested upon him. And I do believe that I, I would concur in this regard that the the mind of the believer should be on those things that are and we know the list in Philippians 4, 8, you know, those things that are true and noble, just and pure, uh, lovely and of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. And I do believe the mind of the believer, when the world is saying sudden destruction, we should be at peace. And with as divided and as crazy as the world is, I would agree. If we don't have the peace of God with us, then yeah, that is a sign that something may be up, something that you need to check in your relationship with the Lord. Yes. And so I think that's also what we'll be exploring more in this episode is with Jesus being the Prince of Peace. What does that mean um, as far as that characteristic of him? Like, what does that mean on that side? But also, what does that mean for us? Absolutely. So define Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Well, before I do that, just want to remind everybody where our theme verse is. Since this is part four, you've heard this every episode, Isaiah 9 verse 6 for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and so that's why we're this we're tackling the final title or characteristic these titles would give us characteristics of jesus to anticipate and to see in his visible ministry and so Uh, defining Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Of course, the first thing I did is I had to look and see, well, what does Prince of Peace mean? And I'm not going to try to pronounce the Hebrew because I'm going to sound ridiculous trying. (laughs) So I'm not going to say it, but Prince means leader, ruler, captain, or commander in the original language and peace. Now that word peace, uh, Shalun, uh, I tried it there. I tried it there. Um, Why can't it be Shalom? Or it could be shalom. Now, I did see that it is written different ways. Yeah, it's, it's spelled a different form of shalom. But... Yeah. Um, but it means safety, soundness, contentment, tranquility. It can mm-hmm. also mean friendship of human relationships and referring to relationship with God in covenant relationship. And yes. So... And I was I was watching um, Michael Youssef. Uh, he has a ministry called Leading the Way. And he was speaking on the Prince of Peace. And he said that the word shalom is pregnant with meaning. And he actually gave seven different meanings for the word shalom. Um, Some of them you've mentioned, but he also mentioned complete well-being, good health, safety, prosperity, 
favor, tranquility, complete and whole. And then he did give some biblical references for that as well. Absolutely. So Jesus is the leader, ruler, captain, and commander of our of our tranquility, of our friendship, of our contentment. Like you said, there's so many different meanings for that. Um, he is the commander of our relief from conflict and war, because uh, we we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And kind of leads to the second point, Anita, that you wanted to talk about, which was what is peace and what is it not. Um, we know peace is is the absence of conflict and turmoil and 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 um, animosity, or let's use a biblical term, enmity. Mm-hmm. It is the removal of enmity, uh, which is having a, a contrary disposition towards another person, having not just differences of opinion, but you, you are against one another. Mm-hmm. You are in an adversarial relationship. Uh, you are not in an amicable relationship. And so uh, peace is where there is there is reconciliation where there is a peacemaking that has been done, you know? Um, Well, I think it is, but does that mean that it always is that definition? Well, I mean, the absence of of conflict, it's like a ceasefire. To me, I'm no longer going to fire missiles at your country. I'm no longer going to cause harm to you. I may not necessarily do good to you, but I'm also not going to do harm to you. In the human terms, we would consider that a ceasefire. Like mm-hmm. that's peace. But the peace that the peace that God, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. God's peace isn't just okay. Let's just you know agree to disagree. I'm not going to do any harm to you, and you're not going to do any harm to me. That's that's not the same thing. But I know in human terms, when we think of you know we're at peace, it just means I'm not causing harm to another person, quote unquote, and they're not harming me in the way that they were previously. Yes. And I think in certain circumstances and relationships, that would be an accurate definition. But I know that there's other circumstances. It's not not necessarily about relationships with people, but it could just be circumstances that you're going through and you can still have peace. Oh, yeah. I think is what I was getting at. So, for example, if somebody is having financial difficulty, you know, it's not that they're at odds with anybody. They just don't have the means right now to pay all of their bills. They're in debt. But can they still have peace? Yeah. I mean, it's possible because the reason why that person has peace is because kind of going back to the definitions we've mentioned before, it's not peace about your circumstance. It's peace because you know that the eventuality of those circumstances, you have confidence somewhere that's placed that gives you the ability to have peace in the midst of the situation. You know, people will get diagnosed with diseases, but the one who places their faith and hope in Christ has is able to have peace. Whereas the other person who doesn't have faith and hope grounded in any transcendent truth, they're only looking around at what's tangible, what the doctor said, what medications are out mm-hmm. there. They're looking at just the situation for, from their physical uh, vantage point. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus, the kind of peace that we can have in situations comes because it's based outside of ourselves. It's not within ourselves. It's peace that's received from outside of us. And it gives us a a great anchor and a support. So peace can be, peace is not uh, always um, easy to achieve. We know that peace in human terms can take a lot of conflict resolution. It could take a lot of discussion. And the Bible actually says that you have to seek peace and pursue pursue it. it. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Absolutely. And so peace is something that is sometimes hard fought. 
but it is something that we should desire. Um, moving on, uh, Nina, you wanted to discuss the contrast between the peace, peace with God and peace of God, peace of God. Um, so when we look at the peace, peace with God, we'll, we'll tackle that first. Let's go to Romans chapter five, verse one. And in Romans chapter five, verse one, uh, Paul writes, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you continue reading in that passage, it, it says, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And it goes so, continues on talking about our faith and how it triumphs in our trouble. But obviously the phrase, we have peace with God, how? Through Jesus Christ. Yes. Peace with God happens because Jesus accomplishes peace for us. He allows us who are born rebels to be at peace with God through the sacrifice, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his atoning blood and his acceptable sacrifice for our sins. And so it's pretty clear here, that's how we get the peace with God. But what about the peace of God? Peace of God, we go to Philippians chapter four, a very uh, familiar passage for those of you who've been saved for a little while. Um, we always hear this about prayer, Philippians four, but I wanna take us through verses six through nine uh, rather than just uh, focus on the exact verse, I want to give a little context. So Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine, and it starts, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Continuing, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue or if, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the, and the God of peace will be with you. And so it's interesting here that in the entire passage, it starts off with, uh, this is how you avoid anxiety, go into it with prayer and supplication, and what happens as a result when we bring our requests to God, the peace of God, he will grant us the peace of God, which goes beyond our human understanding. It'll guard our hearts and minds from being worried, from being anxious, for being terrified, for being uh, in despair, right? But it's through Christ. It'll guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then in verse eight tells us what kinds of things, kind of like a, a checklist of things that is what I'm meditating on, does it have these virtues? Is it true? Is it noble? Is it just? Is it pure? And then in verse nine, it says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And that's the cool thing is that when Jesus comes in the form of a babe, Emmanuel, God with us, he's also the God of peace. And because he's the God of peace and he says he's God with us, we can have peace with God in us mm -hmm. as we walk with him. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just some great portions of scripture here. Um, you always find when Paul would greet people, he would say grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in Romans 1, 7 and in other greetings in his epistles. And then in Romans 15, 33, he said, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So over and over, Paul refers to grace and peace. Grace, his greetings include grace, which is unmerited kindness and favor, and peace, the removal of wrath, the removal of torment, the removal of the fear of, of, of death and retribution, because the retribution was already poured out on 
Jesus. Mm-hmm. So moving on, my next question would be then, um, if Jesus, and he is the Prince of Peace, what does that mean for us? You know, we are called to be peacemakers. That's one of the the um, traits or attributes that we're called to be in the Beatitudes. Yes. So what? how does that affect us? If he's the Prince of Peace, how does that affect us as far as being peacemakers? Why don't you go first? Well, I would say because we are representatives of Christ as Christians, we know we are little, little Christs, little but Christ. we are, um, you know, we are His children. We are His image bearers, and so if He is our peace, He's our security. Mm-hmm. He's um, the things that we mentioned before, as far as He's the one that shows us favor and. He can help to make us complete and whole. I think that as peacemakers, we don't have the authority like Jesus does, and we don't have the power like he does. But I think that as much as we can, we are to now be that for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also, you know, of course, if we're to live at peace with all men, live peaceably. And so, yes, on... In that regard, whenever we encounter people, we work alongside them, we live in neighborhoods, we should be willing to live in peace with others and to settle matters. Um, But I think also, and just now you can tell me whether you agree or disagree, but I think now in thinking about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, that it could also possibly mean that we need to, as much as we can, try to show that peace to other people and and help people out in the way that Jesus would as well. Well, I think definitely we can have confidence when we, when we, we can be, we should be the best mediators and conflict resolvers, you know, because we have received the peace of God when we were at odds with God. And there was no way that we could remove the offense, you know, Mm -hmm. nor did we want to, because as sinners, we were born in sin shaping in iniquity. You know, we didn't want, we didn't desire God. We, we read that in Romans, but God by his grace um, has given us freedom and has given us freedom from sin. And he's given us a new nature. And now as recipients of his peace, we should be ambassadors of peace. We really should be on earth, you know, where we see conflict between husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, people of different races, people of different backgrounds. We can confidently come in and say, we have the answer to your dilemma. It's Jesus Christ. Now, whether or not people take that or not is up to them, but truly we can have confidence because the greatest offense is the offense towards a holy God and that has been resolved. So what circumstance, what conflict can't be resolved uh, when the when the the cosmic one against God Himself has been resolved through Jesus Christ. So we yeah. can have confidence, and we we are recipients of that. Yeah, I looked up the the verse Matthew five verse nine. It says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God." Mm-hmm. And so I think that it does back to what I was saying on it. I think that we do represent Christ when we are being a peacemaker. Um, we are trying to just be charitable and help people out. Um, as, like I said, as best as we can, we can't be, we, we are not God, mm-hmm. 
but we can be representatives of God and we can be the children of God to those around us. That's one of the reasons why if if you're growing, if you're a listener of the podcast and you're, you're growing in your Christian faith, we hope that you're growing in your level of peace in regards to interpersonal relationships. We hope that you're not a troublemaker, but you're becoming more and more of a peacemaker. That when you see conflict on the job, you're not egging them on to keep fighting. Or when you see conflict in the family, you're not throwing daggers to inflame and incite riots. Mm -hmm. Rather, we pray and hope that because of what Christ has done for you, and because he's removed the, the enmity between you and him, you and God, that you would, as a result of that, try to uh, not fan the flames of mm-hmm. turmoil and conflict, but rather squash and quell those things with a good word, with a better word, with the word that Christ has come and he's removed those things. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the last part, though, because I think that sometimes people do think that by ignoring situations or pretending as though they don't exist, that somehow is the best way to handle things. And I think that there are certain things that you can ignore and you should ignore. Yes. Because I don't think that we can, if you are that person that feels like you have to fight everything, you are probably a very anxious person anyway. But I think that there is discernment that needs to be um, used when it comes to matters. And sometimes you find that the younger people want to handle things differently and the older people, more the seasoned people decide that they don't want to fight you know mm-hmm. they don't they don't have the fight in them to handle things and i think sometimes the younger people and families do need to step up and try to handle things if they're like you said if they're trying to handle things properly yeah. and using wisdom um and then it probably is better for older people to just maybe stay out of it but that was just a thought that i had because you know i don't think that we should pretend as though conflict doesn't exist and that peace is is being oblivious right. to to issues mm-hmm. but i do think that there needs to be discernment used mm-hmm. when it comes to when and how to handle things yeah i mean the proverbs talks about overlooking a transgression is the glory of kings i believe or, or something close to that i'm paraphrasing but there are times when we should overlook things when it's not detrimental to your relationship with the person mm-hmm. or your relationship with god and so that's just a a small little baseline but again you need to exercise discernment because sometimes you can come into a situation and say something that really does that god puts a word in your mouth from his word to speak into that situation between those parties or between you and that other person or sometimes if you just hold your peace and let the lord fight Mm -hmm. it sometimes he will handle it in his time and he'll bring that conviction especially if it's with another brother in christ who has the spirit of god in them yeah the holy spirit can convict them and is the convictor of sin and so Um, Absolutely. Um, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, it means a lot for us. And we can find that meaning very much uh, expressly stated in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Um, the, The whole entire passage is great, but I will just hit on 14. For he himself, speaking of Jesus, is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. I'll say that again. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. 
and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And I read the whole passage anyway, because I, I just <laughs> love reading the whole passage in its context. But for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So it, it, it says in verse 14, he is our peace. He is our peace. And he has abolished in his flesh. He died to remove the, the, the target that was on us because of our disobedience, because yeah. of our sin. And because of the judgment that was soon to come, is to come. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the reason that he came, you know, that's the reason that we celebrate Christmas is because he needed to come. He needed to be born in order to die, in order to be the sacrifice for our sins. And so by him doing that, he did end the war between us and God, Mm -hmm. should we choose to surrender. Yes. You know, if we don't, and accept the war continues. Mm-hmm. But if we choose to surrender to him, then he, that's that's the message. You know, that's mm-hmm. the message of why how we have peace on earth mm-hmm. is because of that. Well, I, I like what you said, that kind of battle analogy. And if you're listening to the podcast right now, you know, I want you to consider whether or not you're, you have bowed the knee and surrendered in your battle against the Lord. Is there... If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, that's the first step. You can't have the Prince of Peace rule in your life unless you wave the white flag of surrender and say, I I, I give up. I want you to take control. I am guilty. You are greater. You are superior. I've fallen short. And when you wave that white flag of surrender, he will come in and be the commander of peace in your life. But if you continue to resist his his pull, don't want the gift of peace. I don't care about, if you continue to resist him, he's not going to, you know, just override your will. You don't want him? That's fine. Yeah. The fight continues. Exactly. The war continues. And And are you going to win that battle against almighty God? No, no. Um, But it does, it also reminds me of yesterday's sermon Mm-hmm. with Pastor Tony, um, the, the gift, gift that, that keeps, keeps on giving. giving. So uh, look that one up too, if you didn't listen to it already. Um, but he meant, he mentions these things, you know, yes. he mentions how we need to accept the Lord and to allow the, the Lord to be Lord over our lives. And I think there's a message in that for the unbeliever as well as the believer, because I know for myself that there are certain things that, yes, I can trust God for. And there's certain areas I might trust him for my health or for my provisions, but, oh, my job. Oh, I don't know, Jesus. That's, that's my performance. That's on me. And no, that's wrong. Like either, um, I can't remember who originally said the quote, but it's either he's Lord of all, or he's not Lord Lord at all. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, just very good reminder of how God, Jesus died so that we would have the forgiveness of God, we would have access to God, mm-hmm. and that we we need to take advantage of that mm-hmm. fully. Take advantage of that, and you mm-hmm. can't if you're still kind of riding that line, like you got the white flag out, but it's kind of tucked behind your back a little bit. Like, well, what's going on exactly? You, what are you, you doing? You come here? to the table with conditions of surrender. Yes, yes. <laughs> like a full surrender is like just look. We're done. Yes, I, I'm I, done. I give I'm, up. I drop my weapons. I, yep, my hands are I'm up. I'm not fighting you anymore. But if you come to him with a list of demands for surrender, but that's kind of what we do, isn't it? It's what we do when we decide that we aren't going to surrender to God in certain areas, and we're not going to have peace 
in certain areas of our life because we don't and frankly it's because we don't want to because there's no other reason you you're saying there's nothing good i should say it that way there's nothing there's no good reason for why you're not trusting in god and why you're not surrendering to god and allowing him to govern your life mm-hmm. you know and when we don't have peace in an area i mean i don't know how else you can say that like what other excuse or reason can you come up with that can be good and it doesn't mean that you aren't trusting God and you're not surrendering to him and you're not being obedient. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a hard pill and I'm, I'm guilty at times I am because I allow my anxiety to get the best of me. But those are the times where I need to repent. Absolutely. And, and, and repentance isn't just a one-time thing you do at the no. cross with tears and you have an emotional moment. Repentance is part of the life of a Christian because we're constantly repenting because we have the power to turn away from sin. Before we couldn't, but because of Christ, we have the ability to turn away from sin and turn to God. And that's what repentance really is. And so we thank you again all of you for listening. I don't know how many of you have been listening to all four parts, but we pray that each part has enlarged your view of Jesus Christ. Oh, and shout out to Lori Way. Shout out to Lori Way, because Lori was first. first. (laughs) Lori Way was first. And we are so grateful that we have such committed listeners. Yes, thank you all. It's a pleasure to read the comments. So again, like, comment, share, subscribe. This is the last Reaching In podcast, I believe, before uh, Christmas. Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Y'all have a great Christmas. Hug your loved ones tight if they're near you. Make those Zoom calls, those Google Meet calls. Love on somebody. Jesus loves on you. And remember to keep pressing on. And keep keep reaching reaching in. in. Merry Christmas! Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were engaged and encouraged. If you're hungry for more content, check out our ongoing Old and New Testament teachings available on our app or through our website, calvarynn.church, and follow us on social media. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the Reaching In podcast belong solely to those individuals themselves and do not necessarily reflect the views of Calvary Chapel, Newport News.